Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me this Christmas tide, Kimberly Majeski. How are you, Kimberly? I'm good, Jim. How are you? I'm so fine and so fine to see you here in the studio and so fine with this whole Christmas deal. I, I like know. it. How about you? I do too. Favorite season of the year. There's just something magical and marvelous and life-giving about it for me, even though I know people have a lot of emotions at Christmas and they don't always turn out positively because Christmas sets up for expectations. And of course. sometimes those are unmet and that can cause some uh, emotional crashes. But at the base of it, at the bottom of it, Christmas is a time of life and joy. It's something that should make us feel hopeful because it celebrates the birth of one who brought hope into this world. I've had some Christmas traditions in my growing up. How about you? Like when you were decorating your Christmas tree or things were going on at your house as a child, what's going on in the background? Yes. I mean, I have tremendous memories. We did the same thing every year. My mother would put on Johnny Mathis, the big album. I can still see his face and his red sweater. Uh, She'd put the album in our stereo uh, that was, you know, now as big as my refrigerator. You're you're talking about vinyl albums (laughs) on the turntable. Yes. The stereo. Got it. She would uh, serve us eggnog and these little ceramic Santa uh, cups that she had made and we would trim the tree and that's I mean every single year we'd put the star on that she bought the year I was born uh, we used crafts that we'd made through the years growing up in school and we kept that tradition every year and that's been some time ago your mom's passed on my mom has but passed you away can still hold that memory and I do I, I'm just guessing when you pull that out just talking to me right now about it there's something that stirs deep inside of you. That yeah. just it's like a it's a big warm hug, isn't it's it? It's a big in fact I, I wrote about it just yesterday, Jim, because I was driving in and uh, here where we live in central Indiana, big fluffy white snowflakes were falling and I was listening to the Christmas XM radio and Johnny Mathis was singing and I was thinking about those memories and I felt warm and light and then at the same time my twitter was zinging sort of all of the news updates <laughs> and uh, the contrast the contrast of of living in this light and hope and warmth and then the reality of our world and what you've just described i think is a kind of experience that millions of people have rooted deep down inside we all have memory and for many of us Christmas memories can stir something warm and wonderful inside but there is a contrast there's a kind of dissonance when we realize that the world still has many broken places and for many of our listeners even Christmas may be a time that feels dissonant because their memories are not framed as yours have been or mine have been they may have uh, a vivid memory of a disappointment or a tragedy or Mm -hmm. some loss and that's just a part of life but there's something about Christmas that congeals all that and gives us a chance to create new memory, to create new traditions. If you don't have some, maybe this is the year you could start creating something that would be beautiful for you to hold on to and those you care about to hold on to going forward. Which brings us to this series of programs on Viewpoint during this Christmas time. We're talking about a family. We've been inspired by a family that had a very unique Christmas tradition. Most of us cannot reach for what they did. In other words, they had a talent and a skill Mm -hmm. set that probably is uh, more limited than just across the board. But these were people who loved music, they loved Christmas, they loved people around them, 
and they loved Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so every year they created a tradition of creating a Christmas hymn, Mm -hmm. like a Christmas carol. Mm -hmm. They'd write words and music, and they had no intention of publishing it for the broader world so much as they were making it as a gift to the people they loved, just like your mom. She made the little mugs. She... Mm -hmm stewarded all the handmade ornaments. She brought out Johnny Mathis, the Mm album. She created a tradition in memory. That's what this family did. Only they did it like, instead of listening to someone else sing, they actually sang (laughs) themselves. And they wrote it on paper and they'd create custom Christmas cards and they'd send it to their friends and their family. Now, this family's last name is Burt, B-U-R-T. Okay. And the Burt Carols have subsequently become quite well known. And all kinds of people have heard them. And their songs have been sung by great performing artists and by high school madrigal choirs and everything Mm. else because there's a content, there's a depth, there's a power in the truth of what Mm. they wrote and a haunting nature to their lyrics. But let's think about this for a minute. These beautiful gifts were actually a Christmas family tradition that gives life still. Bates Burt was an Episcopal pastor, an Anglican minister in Pontiac, Michigan. Mm -hmm. He had a wife and some children, and one of his sons, Alfred, uh, as he grew up, joined his father in writing these songs and these Burt Carols, started in 1922 and ended in 1954. So this is like today when we write Christmas letters about what we're doing. These people are writing carols with harmonies and and, and parts. Okay. Melodies and and haunting melodies. I mean, just elegant music Mm -hmm. matched with elegant lyrics. And they are not just frivolous. They reach deep into the heart. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Christmas music that's so fun. Mm -hmm. I love that song, Sleigh Ride, for instance. Boy, you could just feel yourself getting out uh, into a sleigh and riding through the wintry (laughs) wonderland, you know. But that doesn't reach quite into the heart in the way in which the bird carols wrestle with real life, Mm -hmm. emotions, and thoughts and truth, darkness and light, heaven and hell, hope and darkness. They're all there. And these songs have so much to offer still. It's a Christmas tradition that still is giving life. All right, Kimberly, we're talking about the Burt family and their carols, especially Bates Burt and his son, Alfred. They collaborated every Christmas to write lyrics and a melody and created a Christmas card to send to their family and friends. Now, Bates Burt was a pastor, so he wanted to send this to all of his parishioners. And then they had a circle of family and friends that they also shared it with. Think about this. It's 1945. The world is just now coming to terms with the end of the Second World War. That Christmas of December 1945 falls just weeks after the Japanese surrendered to the Allied powers. The first atomic weapons ever dropped on humanity have exploded just weeks before the birds are sitting down to write out a lyric. What do you write about? Right. A world where the war is ending, but everywhere you look, there's loss and difficulty and challenge and mm-hmm. people are hopeful in the sense that well at least the war is over but how do you even start to rebuild mm-hmm. Europe how do you even look at the city of Tokyo firebombed to extinction almost how do you look at Hiroshima or Nagasaki how do you right. look at every continent of the world that have been touched by the war and all of the lives lost and all of the suffering and the people are now maimed and injured and wounded and all the families gathering around their Christmas tree 
with somebody that's not there because they went off to war and didn't come home. I mean, just think about this world. Mm -hmm. And the birds are writing a song to give us a gift for Christmas. They're going to set up their Christmas tree. They're going to get out some electric lights just then the 1940s <laughs> coming into to mainstream. And they're writing these words. Listen to this song. A bleak and chill the wintry wind But colder far isn't it yeah it's very haunting you can almost see the dark sky and feel the chill in the air even as the as the music kind of opens up there and that arrangement we've just listened to is from a group called the singers unlimited from many decades ago who put together the harmonies and beautifully crafted this acapella version Mm -hmm. but as i listened to it once more and i've heard it for years I, I do feel like dusk is settling. You know, yeah. the sun's going down and dusk is settling and there is a kind of chill that yeah. you feel. But at the same time, there's a light coming on in the window. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of this song. It, mm-hmm. it shows you the reality of the dusk and the darkness and the shadows coming in. But there's a light in the window. There's, mm-hmm. there's a warm fire in the hearth. There's hope. There's life. Mm-hmm. There's a reason we can look forward with hope. Mm-hmm. And this song captures it all. The Burtz were people of deep faith. And they wrote their lyrics and they crafted their music inspired, and I would say supernaturally inspired, given the consequence and impact of this music, by the Holy Spirit. And their hope for Christmas, their hope for the whole new year, their hope in life was wholly grounded in the reality they believed that Christmas was not just a happy social time. It actually was celebrating an historic moment. 
when God intervened in the course of human history by sending his son, the story of Jesus born in Bethlehem. What strikes me is in the music, in the lyric, you can hear the reality of the situation or the the heaviness of the moment, but also the hope in the lyric that they're writing, in in the idea that that we have hope in this baby, in this Messiah. And their world in 1945, as they wrote these lines and penned the melody, that world was difficult, but so is our world today. No, right, yeah. I mean, yeah. we think about the dangers that we face, even as you and I are in the comfort of this studio, Kimberly, there are people who are suffering warfare right now. Mm-hmm. There is mass starvation in Yemen, for instance. There, yeah. there are parts of the world where people walk on tiptoes through minefields, not just literally, but figuratively, right. where they're not certain what's going to happen next. There are people who are starving. There are people who aren't sure about whether they'll have a job. There are all kinds of diseases. I mean, when we think about life, it it can be a very difficult place. And yet the birds had something deep inside of them that they're sharing through the song that we can know. And their world in 1945, as our world is in 2018, wasn't that different from the world 2,000 years ago. But we are now equipped to experience life that transcends the challenges. And that's the message of the Burke Carol. Mm. And that's the message of the Apostle John, for instance, who met up with Jesus long after he was born. But as an adult man, he met Jesus, and Jesus was also himself grown up by then. And he found in Jesus, John did, life. He found hope, even though he lived in a very difficult environment. And he wrote famously in one of his uh, letters, it's called First John, and in the fifth chapter he said, for the person who has the Son of God, who has Jesus, that person has life. But if you don't have the Son of God, you don't have life. There's a, a simple and, and straightforward truth right there. No matter how the world is challenging you, no matter how your memory may be pockmarked with difficult memories or blessed with bright memories, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. But if you have Jesus, if you're in relationship to him, you have life, life that can overcome no matter what the world throws in your path. And that's the story of Christmas, isn't it? In this song, Oblique and Chill the Wintry Wind, they describe a scene where people are cold and and you can just kind of feel the dampness. And actually, in the Christmas story itself, there's a scene just like that. It's famously told in Luke chapter 2, and it's the story of some shepherds. These guys had hard jobs. They weren't the top tier of society. They weren't (laughs) respected by everybody else. And they're out at nighttime, and it's chill. And their job is to watch the flocks. And probably it's not even a flock that they own. They're hired probably, it's likely, to be taking care of someone else's wealth. Mm. And they're cold, it's damp, the sky is dark. Maybe there's a wintry wind. We're not certain. But this we know. Their lives were not easy. And yet, then what happens? What's the story say in Luke chapter 2? Yeah, I have it here, beginning in verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring you great joy and will be to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find him wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. In this history, we find people who are in the night and uh, their worlds are small and the walls are closing in and they have very little opportunity to advance. But the Lord intervenes and shows them something, gives them a hint. If you'll just go to Bethlehem, you can find the Messiah, the promised child that is to come into the world and, and give life and give hope and give you victory over the challenges that you face. And, and they go and they find. And what strikes me in, in that passage is they're transformed. They are filled with life and joy. Their circumstances have not changed. Right. They're still going back to the same old sheep. That's right. <laughs> they're going to go back out of that same cold night. But they can't help telling other people, wow, this is new. This is fresh. We're excited. We have joy. They're praising. You know, praise is, a, is a, an emotive act. It's an intellectual choice. I'm going to give a word of praise. I'm going to give a word of positive acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. I'm going and it's to, infectious. I'm going to honor and, and be excited and, and, and worship that which is worthy of my attention. They're praising. They're filled with joy. And everyone who heard them were astonished. Why were they astonished? I'm thinking they were astonished by the story they told. We found the baby in the manger. But they're astonished because these guys don't have much to be celebrating. That's right. And yet they are. That's I mean, right. it's like, wow, if you could be happy, maybe I could be happy. And that's, right. that's the story of Christmas. That's what the birds captured in this beautiful song. They talk about how without Jesus, the night's going to be cold and the night's going to be dark. And how dark is a heart? How chill and bitter is a soul that does not know Jesus. And this Christmas, you can go to a party, you can have a good time, and you can go home and crash. You can, you can buy some beautiful lights, you can decorate the house, but deep down inside, you can feel miserable and alone and without real hope. You can try and make your own way and say next year will be different, but if you're by yourself without God, it's going to be the same as it was last year. It's never going to change your heart, your life, and your destiny will not be altered until you meet the one who made you, the one who loves you, and the one who came into this world at Christmas to reach out to you. That's what the shepherds discovered. And the shepherds aren't the only ones. There are other people who have the same experience. Even as Jesus is just a young child, other people have the same journey. When they see him, they're filled with joy. And when he's just eight days old, his parents take him to the temple in Jerusalem, the the house of worship, a place where people gather to seek the face of God. And as they are there for a religious ceremony, uh, which is a part of their culture, they meet two people kind of at random, except I think by the appointment of God, and they have the same experience. What does the Bible say there in Luke chapter 2? I love this one too. 
This is beginning in verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. And that day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, a prophet who was also there in the temple, she was a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years, and then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God and fasting and prayer. And she came along just as Simeon was talking to Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. And there the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was upon him. Simeon and Anna were two very different personalities. They were very different from the shepherds. Uh, but they were different from each other. They all had their own journeys. Anna was a widow for many years. Simeon was an aged man of God. The shepherds were day laborers. Everybody has their place. Everybody has their mountains to climb. All of them found Jesus to be a source of life where they were transformed. And they suddenly, no matter what their losses, no matter what their history, no matter what their memories, they suddenly began to praise God. They articulated that God is, that he is good, that he knows them, and he has come to help them. That is the story of Christmas. That can be your story too. No matter where you've been, no matter what your memory, no matter what your loss, no matter what your hopes, Jesus is the evidence that God knows you by name. He cares about you and that God is. And this Christmas, praise him. Allow joy to fill your heart and to fly out of your mouth. Make your words a gift to others, even as they honor God. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you need to make a choice. Make a decision that this Christmas you're going to celebrate Christ. It's not just about fun and games. It's not about just gifts for people you care about. It's not just about decorating your house up or your office. It's a deep decision that you are going to pursue Jesus, and he will pursue you you will find a new relationship with God through Christ. Make that your choice this Christmas. Well, what do you do next? Then you find some other people who are seeking Jesus too. And you can do that easily at Christmas because all across the landscape, there are people who are worshiping Jesus this Christmas. Christmas Eve, for instance, don't just make it about a party. Make it about an experience of worship. Find a group of people in a church house somewhere that are honoring Jesus together and pray and kneel before him. 
You need to make a decision that you are going to make words come out of your mouth that praise God as you speak of Jesus, as you praise God for Jesus, as you listen in your heart for the blessing and then share that blessing with someone else. You will find your life transformed and the joy that the shepherds and Simeon and Anna knew. I love the last stanza of this Bert Carroll. Mm. Think about this. Peace be to them and right good cheer who carol merrily and hie them forth when church bells ring to kneel before their newborn king on his nativity. Nativity is a word that describes the birth of Jesus. And on this Christmas time, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, kneel before him. Make that a decision. You may have a hundred questions. Well, what good will that do? I'm not sure I can get there. Just do what we've asked you and suggested for you right now. Make a decision in your heart. Make a, a life choice. I'm going to find Jesus and serve him. Then find some people who are following Jesus and worship Jesus with them. Make a gift this Christmas in Jesus' name and see what happens. Start with us and pray. Our Father, we're so thankful today. We're so thankful for the Christmas time, for the sending of Jesus into this world. We're thankful for words and music like those of the Burt's that can still inspire. But more than this, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that's stirring in the hearts of those who listen just now. I pray that each of us, Lord, who are bowing our hearts before you in prayer, that we will this Christmas find fresh life in the knowledge and relationship of Jesus Christ the Lord. May we, like Simeon and Anna and the shepherds, find joy, and may our lips bring you praise. May Christmas be different for us and for those we meet this year because Jesus is at the center. And we pray in his name. Amen. A bleak and chill the wintry wind, but colder far beneath, who hath no warmth of love to share with Christ, the babe What to do next? Give us a call. We have a telephone number. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're right by the phone, a live voice. We want to talk to you. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. Not sure where to find some people who follow Jesus? Give us a call. We'll help steer you right. Not sure how to pray? Not sure how to go forward? Give us a call. We're right here. If you prefer, you can find us online too. Kimberly, if someone didn't want to dial us up on the phone, but they still wanted to reach out, what's our web address? You can find us online at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message, and we'll get right back to you. We promise. Send us an email. We will reply. You can also read about the ministry there. CBH, that's Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. Or at the last, just write me a letter. There's still time. Get out a piece of paper, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, send us a message, Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, go online, or use the post, please, this Christmas, let us hear from you. Kimberly, get out some Johnny Mathis now. Go home and trim that tree. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to get out my Singers Unlimited old CD. And listen to some more Burt Carols. We're so glad you joined us this week. 
this Christmas time. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we not only celebrate Christmas, but look forward to the new year. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Merry Christmas. Thank you.